You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 23. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Hey there, amazing business owners, Angela here, and welcome to another episode of Business and Life Conversations with Angela Henderson. I hope your day is going brilliantly well and that you're ready to listen to another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm really, really excited to have you on the podcast today because I'm talking to someone who I've known for a while and seen her go from strength to strength. This person I'm talking about is Rebecca from I Am Montessori here in Brisbane, Australia. What I love about Rebecca is that she's always looking for the positive. She believes that life is made up of a series of choices, choices only we can make, and that we are exactly where we are based on these choices. And ultimately for Rebecca, she chooses to be happy. On today's episode, we're going to be talking just about that, choices, but more importantly, making choices about pivoting your business for success, learning to be okay with a business starting out as something and morphing into something else and remaining open-minded during this process. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thanks for having me, Angela. Yes, yes. How are you? Now, you're, you are a Brisbane-based girl also, so how's your day going so far? Yeah, really good. Really good. Weather yeah. is good here. Weather is good. <laughs> We do live in luxury, so we are very, you know, very, very good with that. Now, listen, we've known each other for a few years now, but unfortunately, I think the last time we connected by, was by fluke at a park, right before you were about to have bub number two, I believe. And Absolutely. We hadn't connected, but again, we're friends on Facebook. We see, I see what you do. You see what I do. And so it, it's amazing to be able to reconnect to the podcast because you are just going from strength to strength with I am, you know, I am Montessori. So before we get started, though, about digging into about I am Montessori and how to pivot your business and choices, I want to know what your favorite movie is. I like to start off doing fresh and light for the audience. Absolutely. Uh, growing up and probably still to this day, my favorite movie would be Remember the Titans. Okay. Um, I played a lot of sport when I was younger and, and it had a message in it that still resonates for me now in business as well. But even when I had my two children, the lullaby song, you know, I would sing to them was that na-na-na-na, hey-hey-hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, and then recently, yeah, The Greatest Showman I've watched three times now and I um, would never thought I'd like a musical. But, um, yeah, both of them. They both just, of them. Yeah, so those are your them. two go-to. And um, so, yeah, so with The Greatest Showman, again, high reviews, something I've yet to watch, but I keep, I don't know a single person who has said a single bad thing about the, the movie. Would you agree with that? Uh, 100%. I watched it the first time drunk, very, very drunk. <laughs> um, and, and, and it was awesome. So the second time it was even better. So it is, um, the message is, yeah, it's, it's like, it, yeah, I would watch it with any, any age child. It, it's life-changing for me. No, that's good to hear because Finley, my nine, will soon be nine-year-old. At the time of this recording, he is eight. He'll be nine tomorrow. So by the time people listen, he will be officially nine. And uh, he keeps asking me, Mom, like, will you let me watch it? Will you let me watch it? And I haven't done enough research to know. So that's good to know that you've given me the tick of approval that yeah, I absolutely. for him to watch it. Now, listen, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, how you started in a business, you know, and, you know, where you're at today with business. So we have a clear understanding about who, you know, Rebecca is too easy i'm 32 
live in Brisbane, born here. Um, started I in Montessori five years ago. Um, my neighbour gave me a book on Montessori when my child, my first child was one. And three months later, I started the company. Um, I got my first investor from the local bowls club because he uh-huh. just sold his business. And um, I wanted to change education. I've always been in business, I should say. My first ever business when I was 17 was Fashion Weekly and I sold that in 2011 mm-hmm. and then started a PR and marketing business for small businesses. And then, yeah, I Montessori was just an idea that I took and went with it. And you're rocking and rolling because you started off with one facility or centre, you could say, and now you've got how many different centres? So I started off with like a playgroup, parent-child classes that they would pay to come and learn about Montessori. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and then in October 2016, um, I started our first childcare centre at Alex Hills, which um, is a 64 place long daycare centre. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, then I just took taken on my second centre uh, July this year, 2018, and um, I also had a family daycare scheme, which um, I've recently made the decision to close. So three services approved by the government. Mm-hmm. Um, we're affecting about 400 families a week. So through the, through the I Montessori. So for those that are listening, they listen, I'm all over the Montessori element of education, but can you just give them a little uh, tidbit, do you know I mean a quick few sentences about what is Montessori? What's the difference about it? Yeah, Montessori is child-led. Um, it's a prepared classroom and children work um, more so independently and individually rather than in groups. Mm-hmm. So if a child is interested in mathematics and that's their strength, they can do that. Um, or if they're creative, they're not held back from art and have to wait until, you know, two o'clock on a Thursday to be able to do what they're good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so lots of entrepreneurs, uh, successful entrepreneurs came out of a Montessori uh, early childhood education. Mm-hmm. Um, and Maria Montessori, she was from Italy and the philosophy is over 110 years old. Wow. So how cool that is. So again, like you're saying, so it's child-led, you know, mm-hmm. kids get to kind of rock and roll wherever they feel for the day, what their strengths are. Obviously, there's still some guidance from the, the adults and the educators that are in the room, but as it's, they're not being told or dictated, you must sit, you must do this, you must do that. It's again, really nurturing their creativity, their imagination, and allowing them the opportunity to, you know, rock and roll with their, what they feel like they want to do. Is that right? Uh, absolutely there is um limits within those boundaries it's not just free for all but yeah it is it for me it's modern education it's what we need our kids to have no and um, I know with um you know Finley my almost nine-year-old he has ADHD so one of the biggest things especially I see in boys just the way that their brain develops and you know all my mental health skills coming in I guess is that he he says mommy is like sometimes I just need to go outside that's all I, mm-hmm. I just need a five minute break to go outside in my brain. He goes, it stops working, mom. He goes, it just like, I can't listen anymore. So then I look outside, but then I get in trouble for looking outside. He goes, but all I really want to do is just play for a minute. That's all mom. And you know, there's so much to be said, I think about the value of play. I think people underestimate play like, oh, the kids are just playing, but play is where, you know, creativeness comes from they are able to like problem solve they there's so much you know wealth in play um but yet yeah isn't obviously really looked upon in that formal education setting absolutely well maria montessori would say play is the work of the child Mm -hmm. i couldn't Um, agree more so you know play play is not just in the playground play should be how they're learning numbers and letters and everything in life Mm -hmm. it should all be play 
And do you find in Brisbane in particular, I can't, we can't probably talk about the world, but obviously is it easier to do the, the, I am like the Montessori type of philosophy um, when they're younger. And then what happens when they get to like high school? Is it, is the only options we have in Brisbane or in Australia really like that formal education or what happens? There's um, in Queensland. So Brisbane's got Brisbane Montessori school that currently goes to grade 10. And then you've got, um, Montessori International College on the Sunshine Coast goes till um, grade 12. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really your only options in our direct area. But yeah, I'd, I'd say for me, you know, there's going to be more and I will have an entrepreneur high school in yeah. um, Brisbane in the next couple of years. So it's, it's changing. Dude, yay, so exciting for you. you know, again, <laughs> we could probably just keep talking, talking, but I'll focus, pull us back to what we're talking about. And really that is about businesses pivoting their business. But yep. before we explore how you have pivoted your business, I just want to talk about the listeners who might be out there going, okay, well, that's a jargony word. You know, what does that mean, Angela? So I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. And really, for those of you listening, pivoting is super simple. It means changing your business model until you can prove that it works and it is providing revenue for success. Sometimes pivots are major shifts, and other times it is a small change that can produce sales results enormously. So it's just, it really, if you just think about it, it's just changing the direction of your current model. An example I can use is that I too am currently pivoting my business. I'm moving away from a one-to-one model because this model means I can only help a limited number of women in business. And I'm now introducing my one-to-many model by creating an eight-week business coaching program called Profit Pillars. And this particular model will allow me to work with 50 or more women at one time, while at the same time scaling my business for future growth and success. So even though it's something that sometimes you might not want to do, the feedback that your clients give you, um, or it's just not working for your family life anymore, it means you've got to look at what you're currently doing and where you want to go. So I just wanted to bring everyone back so we're all on the same page about pivoting. So for you, Rebecca, since you've been in business, how many times have you pivoted big or small? And what does that look like? Thousands, thousands, definitely thousands in five years. Uh, There's probably four major shifts that have happened in the five years. Mm -hmm. So when we started, we started as a, um, as parent child classes and also um, selling materials that I imported directly from China. Um, They were the two biggest issues we had. Parents were on wait lists for years to be able to get their children into Montessori. So they were at least able to come and learn about it and how to do it at home. Uh-huh. Um, but also materials were so expensive. Something that I would sell for fourteen ninety five was one hundred and four dollars before I started bringing it in. Yes. Um. So, you know, that's how we started, and that was what was in my business plan to start with. There was no other childcare was never a thing that I would yeah. ever have thought of doing or opportunity that came up. And then I had uh, a call to start a childcare center for somebody mm-hmm. uh, for a group, and um. I go with the whole Richard Branson. If you don't know, just say yes and you'll work it out later. <laughs> yeah, um, it's the best way to go sometimes. Ah, definitely. So, um, you know, I I was a Montessori trained, but I'd hired a Montessori teacher um, and I learnt and enrolled and, and, and did my own study on it. But I always hire in the skills I didn't have, um, which is what I did when we took on that centre. So we successfully took on that center and we opened it for them and within six months got it to 70% mm-hmm. in an oversupplied area. So it proved to me that we could do it. So it's something that we started doing for more owners. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then an opportunity came up to have our own. Now, um, I sold down equity at these key points because I didn't have the capital. But there's always a way people make up lots of excuses, like I don't have time or I don't have money. But if if you're creative, there's ways to do it. So um, then, yeah, so the biggest change, the first change was, you know, do we do childcare? Like, do we do long daycare? What, what is this about? And um, we made the call to do it. And, um, you know, that, that service is not two years old and we just won the National Service of the Year Award and we got exceeding. fantastic. I know, I know. It was, um, so that, that, and that building's 30 years old, you know, it's not, so for me it was our, uh, that choice to go into childcare was able to prove that you didn't have to have brand new buildings and you could do amazing education for children. Um, so first, that was the first big decision because that was a lot of money um, that obviously required, you know, nearly half a million dollars to, to do that. Yeah. Um, so that would be one big decision. Um, another one was we had, we had family daycare and I think for me, the most emotional decision I've had to make. So people talk about, you know, um, women are too emotional for business, blah, blah, blah. I'm actually not that emotional as a person, but, we do have to take into consideration emotion when we're making big decisions, especially if we're the sole decision maker in our businesses and Mm -hmm. um, the business, the the choice to close or to stop offering something that is such a big identity of what you do. So when we made, I made the decision to stop retail, but when I made the decision recently to stop family daycare, Mm -hmm. That was going to affect, you know, 200 and something families and 21 educators. And I cried a lot. Yes. But I'd given it everything. I should have closed it uh, uh, probably six months before mm-hmm. we have. So we finished next week on that one. But I gave notice seven weeks ago and I should have closed it six months before, but I held on. Um, and I don't regret holding on because I don't regret anything. But letting go and saying no. So making that change. And, and as soon as I made that change and made it public, the amount of opportunities that opened um, for the growth of the rest of the business, it's just like it freed up. I was holding space. Family Decker was taking up space and now there's all of this space for opportunity. Um, yeah, and, and sometimes again, when we're in it though, aren't we? Like that emotional, like, oh, I don't know. And you start questioning yourself and you start doubting yourself. And then you like, did you just go around and around in circles? Don't you really? Oh, um, but like yeah. you said, though, it's, you know, it's like people who that are also working in a full-time job and they finally agree to step back to half time. Right. And they're like, oh my goodness, I'm making more money and I've got more, I'm more creative and I've got more opportunity. And then they, and then you, you know, get done completely. And you're like, Oh my goodness, this is crazy. Like, why didn't I do this? But I guess like you, like, it's so important though, that sometimes you're just where you're meant to be, you know? So we can't change what we should have done or what we could have done, but it was part of that process. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to, you've got to feel it. You've got to really lean into it rather than avoid it. Cause when we avoid making decisions, we, we lose a lot of opportunity, but you've got to feel it. And that's something that over the last few years I've come, I've become okay with to feel like you're making the big decision, but how to actually narrow in on your gut instinct mm-hmm. and well, get rid of all of the noise and be like, this is the right decision um, and trust in yourself. But that comes with, you know, time and 
And so when you kind of started, I know you, you mentioned a couple of times that, oh, I wish I would have done it six months earlier. Can we just go back a little bit? Because I'm curious to know, like, what were some of the warning signs for you telling you that are like kind of inkling going, gosh, I really need to probably start pivoting this. And, you know, when we look at signs, I guess, when it's time to pivot your business, they're going to be so different for everyone. So, for example, you've got that. I, I do believe there's that gut feeling and so many people don't go with their gut. But I do think mm-hmm. that if your gut's kind of going, something's weird and you keep going back to that that's something to be said also think that you know when sales are dropping there's too much competition you're getting negative feedback on what you're supplying your market has changed you're not having fun anymore you know there's so many things that are these kind of like red signs that you know we've got to change we've got to start pivoting the business whatever that looks like so what was some of those signs for you um parents not paying so it getting harder it costing me more money to to run and, and carrying that debt but also we had to scale it up. So family daycare was something that, you know, you had to scale. You have to have certain amount of staff per per educators or that sort of thing. So your really your margin was quite quite tight. Um, yep. and so I was always high quality, high quality, high quality. And then I went, Okay, if we've got to try and make this work, I will take on whatever, people, anybody. Yep. And um, the first time I did that Two weeks later, I had to close her. I couldn't hand. I, it was so bad for us. Yes. Um, and that was the first sign. Yep. Um, in in the fact that I had, what's the word when you go against what you believe in, or or what your ethic, what you think you should be doing, and what you want to offer, and then you go against it. Yeah. yeah. To try and grow, you go against it based on money. Yes. In, I want. I've got to grow this, so I'll 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 just see if it works didn't work um and then some major things happened in the local area on family daycare and a lot of um educators were looking for schemes so we were able to double overnight basically yeah um and we did that and but we only took on really good educators so we were fussier um uh-huh. than we were the few weeks beforehand um but nothing changed so i doubled the amount but it was still time poor it was taking up all of our resources, staffing, um, mm-hmm. but my brain power. It had taken all of my creativity and everything I had. And I'm like, I'm not actually, I'm making like $4,000 a week from this. Yes. And it's killing me. And that's if all parents pay. That's uh-huh. if everybody, you know, things happen. So I doubled it and it still didn't change. And I should have gone when I, as soon as I questioned and went against what I believe in, that's when I should have said, this is not going to work. You're trying to do something against who you are. So that's probably on reflection, Mm -hmm. but I'm a science person as well. And when these schemes were closing and they were getting closer and closer to my head office, Uh I was like, Oh, maybe I'm meant to, maybe I'm meant to, maybe I'm meant to. But when I I should have known when I asked other people what they thought, because I never do that. And as soon as I was asking people, what did they think? I should have known that that was me trying to get what I knew was wrong backed up by somebody telling me I was right. And yeah, everybody yeah. always tells me I'm right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, and it's so often that happens, you know, mm-hmm. we're like you. And I also think that as soon as you start asking like, Hey, should I do this? You actually know the answer. Yes. You're yep. just like, you get and you And I also think people kind of like look for certain people. Like if I go to this person, she's going to tell me what I want. Cause she will do this. And if I go to this person, they'll tell me what I want to hear. Whereas sometimes like, again, even regardless of that, if you're already asking, you're already questioning, you already know your answer. So often 100%. We- and my business mentor, 
was the one who told me I should have closed it way before, like we'd had conversations and made that, made that decision. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I went against it all. And, I, and the people I asked, everybody else around me, apart from, you know, other people who are in business, they'll all tell me, they always tell me what it, yes, nobody ever questions or does anything against what, and I want people to do that. And it's yeah. really important. What's come out of that big decision is to, to find people and surround myself with people who are willing to tell me how it is. Cause I tell people how it is. I just mm-hmm. need people to do that to me. Yeah. And I agree. Sometimes the, you want the truth. It might suck, but you're yeah. like, that's what you need for growth. You know, sometimes yeah. you've got to hear it. See, so interesting. So again, so pivoting was very different, but again, if you still go back to your gut knew. Yes. And, and yeah. I say this to so many of my own one-to-one clients is that follow your gut. Mm-hmm. Follow it, you know, and I'm not really into a lot of the, you know, uh, what would you say, crystals and the, a lot no. of the stuff. That's not me. But I do believe there's something about intuition that you can't mess with. It's like even like with moms, there's multiple times like I'm like, I think something's up with Chloe's ears. They're like, no, no, no. They're like, I really think something is. Take her to the doctor. Sure enough, she's got ear infections and she's pretty much was going deaf. You know, like there's those things that you're like, but why didn't I just do it three weeks ago? You know, because everyone was just like, oh, you're overreacting or, you know, so yeah. So people do tell you what, you know, yeah, they think you want to hear. Mm-hmm. So now, so pivoting for business. So great. So for those of you that are out there and I'm not saying that if, if sales are down, that means you must pivot, but if sales are down on a regular basis and nothing's changing, that's an indicator that, you know, you need to, you know, start looking at things. As Rebecca said, if parents stop paying for their service or they're late on payments, um, same type of thing, red flags, people, um, you're not, again, I think happiness has to go back to it too, because as you said, you were trying to chase something that was going against what you were doing. So it was making you unhappy. And really in the long run, it was wearing you out emotionally, all of that. So again, if you're starting to really not be happy with what you're doing anymore, I start looking at things. So for you, Rebecca, pivoting your business, as we know, can be scary as all hell. For you, though, you talk about leaning into it. Can you talk to me a little bit more about what you did when you actually needed to face your own fear when it came to pivoting your business? Absolutely. So when I knew that I had to make the decision, I usually binge on podcasts and YouTube videos of motivational, businessy people, everybody, different types of people. Uh Um, because it's sort of like my, I don't know, like people pump up before a game. Um, yeah. And, like, and, and, you know, like, no, I believe it. I, I can do this. And yeah. um, just made the first phone call. I broke down what I had to do and just did the first phone call. And as soon as I told the first person, I was genuine and authentic. And the letter that I wrote that I had to cancel it and all of this sort of stuff, I was straight up. And that's the thing. It felt good to be true to myself. Um, but you really, for me, I have to break it down and you just do the first, eat that frog or whatever. You uh-huh. do the first call that you, and the one I did was the hardest one I thought it was going to be. Um, and as soon as it wasn't the reaction that I'd built up that I was going to get, uh-huh. the rest became easier. Yeah. Um, and it, to be honest, it went amazingly well. My staff all got amazing jobs that I had to let go because of letting go of that unit, you know. They got great jobs. It's all flowed perfectly for the last seven weeks. And next Friday, I'm, you know, we're done. Well, you were that done. Part is done. And, that and part is done. But so many new and exciting things that will come from that, as you mentioned. Well, now it's changed. Now it's, you know, there's four opportunities in front of me. And it's like, well, what am I going to do? Which one do I do now? So, you know, you're talking to accountants and solicitors and 
trying to make that decision, which is a different change, but leaning in and breaking it down, we over analyze and we make this big drama in our head. And it's not usually that be who you are. Just be who you are and just kind of go and do it. Yeah. You know, break through it. And again, I talk about, I think on every single episode I've ever done so far is imperfect action is better than no action. If you got to do it, just do it. And as the more calls I'm sure you did, or the more people you let know, it never took away the sadness maybe, but, but it came a little bit easier because you, you know, you've got your words down, you know what you're saying, you're believing in what you're saying, you're true to yourself and everything else will just flow on. Now I do, what I love about you, Rebecca, though, is that you talk about choices and that you need to be okay with change while remaining flexible and being on your toes and just to take that opportunity when you're faced with it. So really you've also talked about just being like, you know, staying open-minded. So can you talk with me about how remaining flexible and being open to opportunity can be a positive thing when, when pivoting your business? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I'm pretty, I had a pretty tough um, childhood, but I've always stayed optimistic, always, always. Um, And I think you are who you hang around. So mm-hmm. firstly, your mindset comes from who you spend the most time with. Yes. So that's extremely important firstly. But with change, being responsible for our decisions. So we can't control everything that happens in our environment um, or to us, but we are responsible for how we react. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, may have been abused when I was younger. And but that's I will never want that to be gone because that's such a, strong part of who I am but I'm responsible for how I react to those type of things Uh and for the really heavy stuff in life you know it is our choice on how we react Um, we are responsible for that and so when it comes to you know small business and you want to start a business and actually being responsible to yourself and um, you know excuses we make so many of them Um, and they are the things that kill so many amazing ideas. And for me, so many more women especially could have amazing businesses and freedom, which for me is a big word and a big need of mine, um, if they stopped making excuses and made choices, took responsibility and then made choices Mm -hmm. knowing that whatever they choose, whatever the outcome is, it's because they chose it. And when you have that self when you have that control, life changes dramatically. Um, yeah, don't play the victim. Yeah, and sometimes choices, like you said, there's always a positive or a negative to it. But again, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, take responsibility for it. Absolutely. And, you know, and when you're making these choices, again, I really think it is important that the choices, like for you to close down the family center, would have been hard. But as we talked about, you're now sitting with four wonderful opportunities in front of you to help you grow, not only as a businesswoman, but also just as a person collectively. So, you know, you've got to just kind of roll with it sometimes, but ultimately you're in the driver's seat. Yeah, every time, every, it's, it's whatever, it's up to me, whatever happens to me, it's the same as my staff and the culture we have that we've built is amazing because they all need to take responsibility for their own actions. And if somebody's not happy, I try to find them. I try to work with them on what they want and they need to make choices. Don't stay in a job if you are unhappy. Yeah. We are choosing to get up. I, people who, we choose to hate Mondays. Yeah. That is a choice. Nobody else is controlling that. Mm-hmm. Your boss, your husband, if they are, get out of it, but change your mindset that all of that is up to you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know people look at me weird. I love Mondays. I'm like, ah, oh, it's my favorite day of the week. I'm my like, son knows this. I'm just like, you know, uh, I, I love my kids, but come Monday, I'm like, sayonara. Do you know what I mean? I get a little bit of freedom back, you know, like, yeah. and I think it's important. And, and I've got no qualms saying that. Like, you yeah. know, some people are like, oh, that means you don't love your kids. No, no, it doesn't mean that at all. I just think that it also shows my kids that I'm able to, do you know what I mean? Do other things and just be a mom um and that I've got ideas and you know I think my kids equally though I remember when we were at daycare they would say mom is it daycare day because I didn't play the games the way that your friends would play and I wouldn't dress up the way they wanted me to dress up so I think kids too equally long to be with people that they do you know I mean can relate to the whole time so I think it's you know it's a both ways on that one I think from a parent perspective and this is where I guess the background of Montessori helps me on this but we if we tell our parents and we talk about uh, tell our children you know oh we hate I hate work or work's a drag like at what point do you think that they're gonna like work when they grow up (laughs) like what is what type of life is that just love what you do and do what you love and that's why I love Mondays and my son knows it both of my sons know it and one's you know only 15 months but Mondays is my favorite day and I'm the same I went back to work after both straight after both of them because it's such a big part of who I am but I know who I am and I make choices in the best interests of me and my family mm-hmm. that I own that and I'm responsible for that. And whatever the outcome is, I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. we're all happy. Yeah. They care what other people think. Yeah. And yeah. So important. So many people, yeah, I was in a session yesterday with some clients and they kept referring to their competitors and I'm like, no man, don't worry about them. Yeah. They're like, yeah, but I'm like, no, no. I'm like, if you get anything from our meeting today, cut what your competitors are doing and worry, like play your own field. Just, just yeah. worry about you. Because the choices that they they were potentially making was, is they were choosing to focus on their competitors. Where I'm like, if you put that same amount of energy and chose to focus on you and your own, do you know what I mean? Pathway, yeah. you would actually be, you know, potentially catching up to them. But because you're so focused on them, the choices um, you know, but again, all we can do sometimes is just plant the seed, plant the seed. That's it. You've got to be aware. You've got to be aware of competitors, but you, you can't sit on them. You can't. No. Continue. And I think, again, I think it's good to know who they are because it always helps you with your game, but never try to duplicate. Never try again. That's probably another exactly. podcast for another day, but yes, <laughs> like we could talk about that one forever. So now listen, pivoting for those of you out there that are going, holy man, maybe I do need, maybe I want to grow. Maybe I need to get rid of something. Maybe I need to, you know, what I'd suggest you do from this particular podcast on pivoting your business for success is really look down and, you know, take a piece of paper, sit with your team, map out what's working well, what isn't working well. Are there any financial stuff that's, you know, hindering you that needs to change or you potentially will lose your business? Sit down and really flash that out. I'm not saying anyone listening, go and pivot your business. It doesn't work like that. But what I am encouraging you to do is look at your business and see whether or not you need to change or pivot right now for your business. All right. Now, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your experiences in the four different major, you know, I guess, pivots that you've had um, and how ultimately they've all led you to where you are today. So which I would assume at some stage you'll pivot again because that's what we do. You know, we're constantly pivoting um, to make our business better. So for the listeners that want to learn more about you, about you, where can they find you? Uh, I am Montessori.com.au or RebeccaGrugan.com. 
All right, fantastic. And for my um, those of you that would like to know, again, all these links, what we would do, my team and I will be putting everything together, the whole transcription for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And of course, I cover all sorts of related business and life topics inside my Facebook group, the Australian Business Collaborative of over 3,000 different businesses. So please make sure to head over and join because I'd love to see you there. But until everyone, until then, everyone have an awesome day, no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, www.angelahenderson.com.au.